the startup capital of the UK, Silicon Valley by the sea. Brighton is home to some of the most creative minds developing disruptive and purpose-led businesses. You're listening to the Brighton Startup Podcast, the show that brings you exclusive interviews with the founders, CEOs, and investors of the most exciting Brighton businesses today. With your host, Christina Perichetti. Let's get started. Today, we'll be talking to Hannah Dawson, founder of Futurely, an AI-driven platform for small businesses to help them make better decisions about their daily cash flow and future cash flow. It's used by over 50,000 businesses globally and 1,500 accountancy firms. So Hannah, please fill in the gaps to that intro and give us a glimpse of a day in the life of you. Well, it usually starts early because we have a base in Australia as well. So um, typically it'll be checking Slack, you know, before I've said good morning to my husband in bed (laughs) on my phone, which, you know, it's not great for him. But um, so, so yeah, checking Slack to see what's happened overnight. And then into the fray. So we are, we've, we've been building a new platform for the last couple of years. So particularly at the moment, it's quite frenetic at work because we've got lots of our own analysis that we're performing. We've got new users coming on board in this public beta. This week, we were finally opening it up to the public public. So that's quite exciting. Um, but a typical day in the life would be across lots and lots of different things. I think I'm, I would count myself to be a product CEO, i.e. I designed um, a lot of the products myself, you know, I've done a ton of customer research, but my role now is very much straddled across um, the operations side of the business. So our accounting channel, our direct channel, marketing, UX design, making sure the engineering side of things is, you know, on point, so liaising with my chief team. Um, So I would say that every single day is completely different from the next. Um, That can be brilliant and equally exhausting at the same time. (laughs) Uh, But it's, you know, it's, it's my choice. And, uh, and yeah, you know, it's, it's brilliant to see what we're doing and how the company's, you know, performing. Yeah. So your background isn't actually an accountancy, is it? No, it's not. No, I am. You know, our, our platform's built for small businesses. Um, I'm going to do the whole the whole pitch now. You know, 50% are still failing by year five, and we really want to change that. Mm. Um, that's despite all of the technology in the marketplace. And so, you know, it's it should have changed over the last 20 years, and, it's, and it hasn't. It's not because 50% are bad ideas. So, um, no, my background is... Uh, absolutely not accounting, nor is it software development. So, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing, I don't know. How did quite... it all happen? <laughs> How did it all happen? <laughs> so, uh, the background uh, kind of took me uh, via Aberdeen Uni to Glasgow working in, in restaurants and falling into hospitality to getting a phone call from my dad um, one December day to say that the family pub uh, was up for sale in Devon. And long story short, find myself living there uh, about six months later with my one-year-old in tow. And yeah, turned this clapped out old pub into a really cracking wee gastro pub that did did quite well. Um, but I think, you know, the reason the reason that I'm here today is because I experienced what a lot of small businesses experience, which is feeling alone and also making some corkers of mistakes that could potentially, you know, tip up the apple cart. Um, mine was uh, first quarter, not accounting for VAT properly. So I absolutely was not trained in accountancy at that point. Um, I had a copy of Sage 50 that my accountant had sold me. Uh, and I had, you know, a, 
a common sense approach to things. However, um, the complexity of VAT and costings and all of those things I hadn't quite factored in properly. So I got that dreaded brown envelope come through the door one morning um, and we had to find £40,000 from somewhere that we didn't have, uh, which with a one-year-old in tow, when you live in the pub as well as, you know, that being your place of work, it was utterly terrifying. Um, and I did, you know, I, I, I was on my numbers, or, or so I thought. Uh, my family bailed me out, ever indebted to them. I did pay them back. Uh, but, you know, a lot of small businesses don't have that luxury. And so, you know, unbeknownst to me at that time, it planted a seed, which has then developed into a fully-fledged uh, oak tree. The acorn, has, the acorn has, has grown. And, you know, we're here today at Futurely trying to make sure that other businesses don't go through that by really harnessing the best in AI machine learning to, to do all the heavy lifting for you so that you don't have to be a fully-fledged you know, finance professional, but you, do, you can make better decisions. Yeah, I mean, numbers are probably... The, the thing that a lot of businesses fall down on, aren't they? Yeah, they do. And and I was about to say that's okay. It's not okay. Um, but equally, you shouldn't need to train to be an accountant. Uh, you know, first of all, on the accounting side of things, there are amazing advisory firms out there that can help you. Uh, so find the best one. But, but also, I think there's a lot of um, being made to feel... Like not that you're stupid, but imposter syndrome is something that a, small, a lot of small businesses experience and startups and scale ups. You know, I, there are many days where I've felt like I've got imposter syndrome as well. And, you know, you don't know what you know until you know. So by demystifying the numbers, by interpreting things into real words, by prioritising the, you know, the most important information that they need to know today, instead of having to plow through the numbers and delve through a P&L and balance sheet, what even is a balance sheet? So many small businesses, you know, what's the point of it? It's, it's something that feels alien. That's what we're trying to do, to really democratise the best decisions, because small businesses cannot afford, you know, a team of analysts. They can't afford a full-time finance function. And, but they do deserve to have the best chance. So, you know, that's our mission. Great. So taking it back to that first moment when you realised that it was a challenge for businesses, um, so how did it all happen? Did you decide, right, I can solve this? And what step did you take? Well, no, I ran the pub for about seven years, felt alone for quite a lot of it. And that's something, again, that we're going to be trying to, to solve in the future. Um, but... Uh, when I left my le left that business and, and said, well, what am I going to do? I did actually go and get some AAT qualifications. Like I did actually study because I'm one of those weird people who does like the numbers. Um, so I I did that and then I thought I you know, would go into consultancy in the hospitality industry, but just kept thinking, you know, as technology was moving forward, I started using Xero, which back in the day, you know, was completely revolutionary in comparison to Sage 50 desktop live bank feeds and doing my bank reconciliation on my app and you know just it was just a different experience I thought well but but it still doesn't prioritize the thing that you need to focus on that day it still doesn't give you the forecast you know that that future uh, view or doesn't help you run your business on like a sat on a sat nav you know if there was that look there's a there's a blockage up in the road here's a different route to take. Every small business would benefit from that, right? So um, the first foray into software was utterly dreadful um, and was built for hospitality, some independent hospitality businesses. Uh, and I made a lot of mistakes with it, but also, you know, did a lot of learning. Um, so uh, that was sold. 
happily had Tesco's as a client, which I don't understand quite why, but we did, which was amazing. And then, but through that process of having that software business, I still realised that I was still, you know, exporting data out of zero to put into spreadsheets. And I was like, look, this isn't just for hospitality. This is a, this is a bigger problem. So I uh, went to Zero's add-on store, as they had at the, at the time, or the marketplace that they call it now, and thought, great, I'm going to solve my problems. You know, I'm going to find another piece of software that's been invented that's going to help me have this past, present, future view of my business, you know, and do all the heavy lifting for me. And there weren't any. There were There were reporting apps. There were PDF generating apps. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't, I'm not really fussed about creating board reports, but I do just want to know what I'm doing with my cash flow. Am I going to run out? You know, what's the best thing? What, what, what different scenarios do I need to think about? What's my best case, my worst case? Uh, and having to export all of that information I like to put into spreadsheets every month is just an erroneous task. Now, I was okay doing it because I'd been used to it, but actually that's not typical of most small businesses. So built it which I guess is a very extreme uh, reaction. <laughs> and most people will just go, I'll stick with the spreadsheet. But, you know, there is about 150 million small businesses out there, you know, conservatively estimated. 99% of all businesses are small business. 60% of our, you know, private sector, sector work, workforce are small business, um, you know, generated. It's a problem that 50% are fail, failing by year five, 20% at the end of year one. You know, that's affecting families and communities everywhere. And I think it's just, you know, genuinely we're coming at it from an angle that the experience just hasn't been created yet. You know, we all hailed taxis in the street. Some of us still do. But, you know, until Uber arrived, we all booked hotels until Airbnb was there. There just wasn't the alternate and so we truly believe that we've built that alternate experience for small businesses. Amazing. And with the development side, did you learn how to develop too, or did you? Uh, no. No, I did. You know, I I did learn how to design, um, which you know I'd always loved design. Um, I wanted to go to to a school of art, but <laughs> my father wouldn't let me, so I did English instead. Um, but you know, did a lot of UX research and learned, you know, just really, really learned, learned from the best, learned from the market leaders, devoured information every week. And, and but now, you know, and now have an amazing team around me, head of product, UX team. We invested, you know, we've invested significantly in our UX, in the UX side of things with ex-MetaLab guys who helped design Slack and Uber, actually. And so, you know, that customer research, customer focused, behavioural driven um, approach to what we do is completely key. You know, we're not building a finance app to give people numbers. We're building a platform to help decisions made, you know, be made in the best way to do that. You've got to tie a lot of pieces of information together. You've got to be able to predict information. You've got to be able to prioritise information. And so, but and at the same time, not make it feel scary, make it feel completely accessible, make it as easy to be onboarded into as Spotify. You know, it has to have that feel about it. And, and so that's where that's where my focus and kind of passion is. Um, I've now got an amazing, you know, I've got, we've, well, we've got an amazing engineering team here and in Belfast who are help, helping to build it. Um, but, you know, and all completely in-house, you know, but uh, yeah, my focus is certainly on the, the UX side of things. Yeah, that's a really interesting lesson there, isn't it? Around you found a problem that you can solve, but it's not just as simple that as, as that. You need to go out there and research, really understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, t totally. You know, b 
BI is not a new concept. Business intelligence is not a new concept. But you break it back and, you, you know, even when you know, we were going through our Series A uh, round and the questions I'd get from, from various VCs, well, how are you different from BI? It's like, like BI is, you know, it has its place. But if you've got a team of analysts, you know, or if you've got a finance function, that's absolutely fine. However, it's still not necessarily going to tell you if there's a fire burning in the corner of your business, irrespective of the size of it, because a dashboard only tells you the things that you have decided yeah. that you want to put on it. So what we're building is, you know, and I'm, you know, the platform day one versus the platform in a year's time will be a very different beast. But the, the, the core premise is that, you know, you have data, you're generating new data points every day. Uh, a lot of it is, you know, well, the majority of it is completely numbers focused. However, being able to interpret interpret that into something meaningful, but also to be able to drive relationships between the data sets is really important because, you know, again, if you look at a dashboard, you know, your widget in the top right corner might completely be affected by something in the bottom left. There's no way to join it together. There's no way to hypothesize, well, if I change that, then what happens without putting it into a spreadsheet? So one of the products that we've got, Playground, will absolutely allow you to predict join and play with your data from in a in, a, in the future focused way which is yeah something that hasn't been done before yeah i'm a totally a numbers person too so i'm very excited <laughs> about that <laughs> so hannah what's been the worst moment for you in business to date take us to that moment well i think i spoke i spoke about the first worst moment which planted the seed for the business but i would say that in building any business you're going to go through cycles and i think you know, all of the, the bios of anybody who's a successful business leader, blah, blah, will give you this linear view of, and they did this and then they did that. And what they don't, it, you know, it doesn't highlight are the, the nights that you just go home and you cry on your husband's shoulder because it's been utterly stressful or because, you know, you have to protect your cash burn and you might have to let staff go, you know, and no one wants to do that. However, it's something that most businesses will face. Uh, at some point in their life, you know, it, it's unfortunately good business housekeeping. But on the day, it feels like, you know, you're you're letting everybody down. So, you know, I would say that there have been many amazing days, but there have been many, you know, challenging days along the way. And I think as long as you've got resilience, you know, and and, a, and some support from your family, hopefully, and certainly your colleagues that... You know, as a business leader, you'll get through it, but it's certainly not this perfect linear journey. Mm. So any particular moments within Futurely that's going to mind? Um, gosh, yeah, I mean, we've, you know, I would say any any journey from funding round to funding round is right. going to be challenging. Yeah. You know, people will always be, you know, we've, you know, we're a year after Series A. Um, people will always be your biggest cost. And particularly when you're building new products, the timing of hiring those people when, when your revenues don't match yet because, you know, they're not generating any revenue, that's a challenge. So that's something that we've gone through this year, in yeah. fact. Um, but, you know, and not, not pleasant to have to go through, but, you know, engineering projects traditionally will take longer than you think that they're going to. And, you know, you have to sometimes make some tough decisions. So even though you have worldwide reach, your headquarters are based in Brighton. Correct. So tell us about what made you decide to stay here and what's it like running your business in the city? So I 
you're not going to like this answer, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm here because of love. <laughs> so I ended up in Brighton after chasing the sun from Aberdeen to Glasgow to Devon. Um, I met my husband in Cornwall and he lived here. Uh, so I was just very lucky. I was very lucky to happen upon Brighton and having, you know, fallen in love with the city. There is no way that we are going anywhere else in the UK. I think what Brighton brings is a fresh perspective on pretty much everything. Uh, bringing up three children in the city, they're 12, 13 and 17 and they bat an eyelid at nothing. Um, they are accepting of everything and having that fluidity of thought and approach, you know, in my personal life as well as my professional life with the colleagues that I work with every day means that I absolutely know that our business is better for it. So, you know, to those businesses that think about, well, would they, you know, would they, why Brighton? Is it, is it a lifestyle business city? Is it somewhere, you know, no, it's, you know, it has that element, but the people here are, they're superb. <laughs> they are, they are. It's a different, it's a very special place. And um, what is the one principle that you live by, business or personal, that drives your success? Okay, I knew that question was coming. And, and I, I, I genuinely don't know. I think, what would other people say that say of me? I guess, own your own, can I swear on this? I don't know. Own your own shit. Like genuinely, if you've, if you've screwed up, that, you know, be the first person to say that you've done it, but equally bring a solution to the table. So I would say that anybody that works with me would say that that's, and at home, in fact, would say that I do, I do live by that and certainly expect it of my children and everybody else that I work with. You know, if you're transparent and, and open and authentic, then no one can really ask for any more, right? Did you always know that Futurely would be a success as it is today when you first started it? Did you have a vision for it? I, I, have, I have this burning fire that what we're doing is right, and I guess the only thing that would prevent us doing it is, you know, not having millions in the bank to go large on brand recognition. Like genuinely, it's, you know, it's small business is a brand game. Uh, now we've got some amazing partnerships that haven't gone live yet, but we're working on it at the moment. And I know that, you know, the approach that we're taking is, I think, unequivocally right. You know, that I truly believe in. Uh, it's the it's the go to market the three go to market strategies that we've got with small business direct with our channel and with partnerships will you know will take us there I, you know that's what I believe yeah I love that great and what are you most excited about right now most excited about on Thursday which I don't know what date this is going out on but the Thursday of the week that this is being recorded. <laughs> um, we are finally opening properly the doors on the website because we've been, you know, it's been sign up to preview. So new platform will be fully going live on the website on Thursday, which is exciting because we've we've been in public beta, kind of closed public beta for about four or five months now. Just, you know, making sure that we're getting the nuances right, making sure that we are, you know, our onboarding's right, that the, the, the impact that we're bringing to the businesses is strong enough that, you know, we've got so much to do. I mean, it's still first iteration of everything, but for our day one of our platform, that happens on, Monday, on Thursday, sorry. So I'm super excited about that. And we're going to Web Summit next week, which is bonkers, 70,000 
people, which will be a bit crazy in Lisbon. Um, and then, yeah, two more products coming very quickly afterwards. So not much sleep at the moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a big relief once it's all <laughs> yes, done. Absolutely. Great. I might sleep a lot over Christmas, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> um, and, and you're speaking at Web Summit yourself, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, that's you right. You do quite a lot of speaking. Uh, I seem to have fallen into you? this. Yes, yeah. I don't really know why it's all happening. But yeah, it's really exciting and a very different audience um, from, from normal uh, next week in Lisbon. Um, so yeah, just talking about actually gaining VC funding and, you know, how to do that. So yeah. Brilliant. Um, and, and Hannah, if people want to learn more about Futurly or then check out that platform, futurli.com, futurly.com, we're all about the future of your business. Uh, and yeah, from, you know, get signed up, flows the first product, all about your daily cash flow, get your action feed. And by the way, the action feed's free. So there's no reason for you not to get signed up and get value straight away from that. You know, it, it, it's important that, you know, every business has a, a fighting chance and this will help get you there. Amazing. Hannah, thank you so much. I, I love your drive and your passion thank for what you. you're doing. Um, and I'm really excited to see what happens next. So thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Brighton Startup Podcast. Be sure to check us out at brightonstartup.com and join us next week for another episode as we continue to discover Brighton's most exciting startups and the people behind them.